Are you an early stage founder looking to grow your SaaS? The SaaS Doc Founder Membership is a private community of ambitious SaaS founders where you can get a support network of peers, connect with like-minded founders around the globe, and learn proven strategies from industry experts to help you scale up your SaaS. If you want to get access to peer groups, investor meetings, mentor hours, and more to help you scale faster together, then visit sasdoccom forward slash founder hyphen membership to apply, or just go to sasdoccom and go up to the header menu and click on memberships. And even your application form, if it's right for you, mention the SAS Revolution show to apply for an exclusive discount. Find your SAS tribe and thrive with the SASDoc founder membership. Imagine that you could get access to the revenues you'll be generating in the next 12 months already today. What would it mean for you? Capchase helps fast-growing, recurring revenue companies finance growth without taking on debt or dilution. Whether you want to invest in growth or R&D, Capchase turns your predictable revenue into growth capital today. Capchase has helped founders unlock hundreds of millions in financing to fuel their growth and on average extend their runway by eight months and spared upwards of 16% dilution. See how insanely easy it is by clicking the link in the show notes or go to capchase.com forward slash sastock to learn more. It's really important as an entrepreneur to understand that it's your company. There is no like status quo or things that should be done in a normal way. Do your own things, but things that it's, if everyone is doing it, it's probably the wrong thing. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaStock, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution show, uh, Guillaume Mourbesh, uh, CEO and uh, co-founder of uh, Lendlist. Uh, welcome, Guillaume. Thanks a lot for having me, Alex. Happy to yeah. be here. Great to, great to have you on the, uh, the podcast. Are you in, in Paris today? Currently in Paris, yeah. I thought that was a Parisian wall, you know, there. Uh, but yeah, I know. I know, I know, I know my bricks. There's this famous Parisian bricks. Um, uh, good, good stuff. Well, great, great to see you. I think it's been uh, a while since I saw you uh, probably in person, but also I think like last year we, uh, we, we did a couple of like online stuff, it, you know, it's online for now until, uh, um, you, you know, we can uh, come back and do some live events in, uh, in, in Europe uh, uh, hopefully Dublin, well, Dublin next year, uh, 2022. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll see you there when you're at 100 million ARR. Uh, right? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, look, uh, I, I really wanted to um, have you on the podcast actually the first time, I, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. And yeah, and talk to you about your, your kind of re- really great growth that you've had over the last sort of couple of years, um, uh, you, you know, doing some fantastic marketing, uh, you know, which I'm sure, you know, has a correlation to, uh, to your, your great growth uh, uh, as well. Um, and, and sort of dive into, uh, you know, how uh, Lemlist has r- really achieved, I think, you know, almost 10 million uh, ARR, it would be 10 million uh, in a couple of weeks, um, you know, in just a, a couple of years. So uh, you, you happy to uh, dive into that? 
let's dive into it. <laughs> let's do it. But actually, before we do, I mean, look, for, for those people that don't know you, that are not on LinkedIn or on Facebook or, you, you know, are not seeing, uh, you, you know, G, uh, you know, kind of everywhere, certainly, you know, in Europe, um, who is uh, Guillaume uh, Mobesh? Yeah, so uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of uh, Lemlists, uh, a sales automation platform that helps uh, B2B companies to get in touch with their future customers. I also co-founded uh, a SaaS called Lempod in parallel of Lemlist that we grew to $600,000 in uh, ARR and uh, sold it to a group of uh, Australian entrepreneurs so we could focus on growing Lemlist to uh, 10 million in, uh, in a few weeks. <laughs> uh, initially, actually, I'm a chemical engineer, which has nothing to do with uh, what I'm doing now. Uh, and uh, I love to learn uh, new things and uh, do sports, meet cool people and, uh, and have fun in life. Very good, very good. Uh, so tell us, how, how did you come about starting Lemlist? So you mentioned you started Lempod, you started Lemlist, which came first? Uh, where does the LEM come from? What's the, what's the <laughs> LEM connection? Um, and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Mm, so prior to launching LEMlist, which was uh, the first SaaS I uh, started working on, I had uh, a lead generation agency where I was helping B2B companies to acquire their customers. So I was doing a lot of outbound prospecting uh, in Europe and in the US. And after using all the tools on the market, I felt like they were kind of lacking of personalization. And when you look you know, at um, the, um, how exactly do you make a sales happen, you need to build relationships. And to build relationships, you need to personalize your outreach, make sure to you know, like, uh, do your research on the person that you're gonna reach out to. And by doing this, you're gonna be able to build like this strong relationship to help you close the deal. And when I was looking at all the tools, they were saying, okay, you can put your sales on autopilot. The truth is, it's not true. <laughs> so you still have to do the work. So we said, okay, let's let's create a tool. Um, and when it comes to the name, it's actually my dad who, who found it. I wanted to, to find a name which has like a two syllable where the word didn't exist online and where the .com domain was available. So I know we were doing emails. At the beginning, we wanted people to be able to kind of like share their list, et cetera. So I was like, okay, mail, mail list, et cetera, et cetera. And then my dad said, LEM lists. And then for him, LEM means lunar excursion module. So he told me with LEM lists, you're gonna bring your customers to the moon. And then my dad is really creative. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, this is, this is really, really cool. So first project was LEMlist. Second project was LEMPOD that we started a year after LEMlist. Mm -hmm. uh, and the company, we've been calling it Lempire because that's kind of uh, what we want to, to build in the, in the years to come. And uh, Lempod got acquired and, uh, and we now have uh, another tool called Lemverse, which is uh, kind of um, a virtual office where you can just walk around as if you're in a video game and uh, start chatting with, uh, with people online. Very cool. What way did you create Lemverse? What was the, uh, what's the reasoning around that? To be honest, it was, uh, so my CTO like uh, had the idea because uh, of COVID, we were all, you know, like uh, in remote and it was uh, kind of like uh, tough to see that people at the office in Paris, but all the, the other person were remote and we couldn't see each other and meet each other in real life. So he said, okay, like uh, my CTO has been uh, working in video games like uh, for like 
tens of years and he loves that so he was like okay i'm gonna build something like a, a new world that you can create from scratch and uh, and he decided to build it uh, over a weekend <laughs> very, very cool very cool i must, I must, must check it out um and, and what, what i think i sort of mentioned um uh, or may have mentioned that in a couple of weeks that you, you, you're again depending on when we publish this but like towards the end of september 2021 uh, Lemlist will be crossing 10 million uh, ARR, which is a fantastic uh, achievement. So, uh, you know, congrats uh, on, on that. Uh, you know, obviously, please let us know when that happens and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, congratulate you uh, uh, properly. <laughs> um, but what, what, what other sort of data can you share about the company? Obviously, we know that ARR, but, you, you know, uh, anything else that you can kind of share? You know, have you taken funding, anything around growth rates, how, you know, headcount, yep. anything that might be relevant? Yeah, of course. So, um... We started Lemlist in 2018. Uh, we started to have like paying customers in uh, May 2018. So it's been like uh, three years and uh, a few months. Uh, now we have like uh, a bit more than 10,000 customers uh, worldwide, mainly based in the US. We are growing at an average of two digit month over month growth rate. It's been a bit slower in the summer, but uh, as every summer for us, so we see a bit of seasonality during the during like uh, July and August, and we are like in about eighty-five countries, uh, but the, the vast majority of the customers is uh, US based. Cool, very, very good, very good. And uh, and uh, just on that, so like uh, one thing before we kind of get into like really kind of five, uh, you know, five decisions, five critical things that you, you did and implemented that have helped you grow, uh, you know, this quickly to 10 million ARR. Um, there's a little, well, it, it, it's a story, but it, it, this actually happened. But, um, you know, I think you're a little bit famous or infamous for being banned <laughs> from LinkedIn. Um, what, do you, what do you do to get banned from, uh, uh, from LinkedIn? I, I might, you know, have a clue. You know, so why, why was that? And you're, you're back on now. And then you're not, it's not an alias, you know, you're back on as, as G, I, I believe. So how yeah. did you, how did you get back in? So it's essentially like what happened is uh, Lempod, our second uh, software is, um, came from a pain we had internally. So, you know, like whenever you're writing a LinkedIn post, you're going to co copy paste like the URL send it to your team and say, guys, can you start like clicking, engaging? So like the post gets a bit more traction. And because I, I thought like this repetitive task didn't make any sense, I asked like uh, my CTO, okay, I'm sure we can automate this, maybe build like a Chrome extension or something. So that's what we did. We built like a Chrome extension allowing to automate that. But very quickly, it kind of like went out of control where everyone, you know, like joining this and instead of companies using it, it was between like professionals. So for example, let's say you're a, you want, you're a marketeer and you want to join a group of other marketeers worldwide. You're just going to put yourself in a group and automatically everyone's going to like and engage on each other content. I like it because it's like the, the power of a community of a group, but it went out of control in the sense that people were paying and paying and paying in order to get more likes, more reach, et cetera. And eventually like LinkedIn asked us to shut down the platform. But at that time we were actually selling it because for us, we wanted um, a group of person that would put enough resource to really like monitor the type of content, put people in better groups, et cetera, et cetera. 
So they reached out to me and I, I was telling them like, okay, like the, the product is getting sold. I'm not the one in charge of it, et cetera, et cetera. So they said, fine. Uh, then you need to give us the name of the, the buyers. But the truth is like, you can't do that. It's, uh, it's legally not possible to give the name of the buyer if you signed uh, a clause in your contract telling you that, you know, there is a, you can't say and disclose this type of information. So because we went through like a, a broker, you know, like a, Thomas from uh, FE International, yep. I, I asked him to write a letter saying that the buyer is not me and I'm not involved in it anymore, et cetera. But he did the letter, but LinkedIn didn't care. They banned my profile saying like, uh, yeah, we had kind of like uh, fucked their entire algorithm, et cetera, et cetera. So they didn't want me to, to come back. So in, uh, in January this year, they were like uh, a big uh, PR uh, with a free Guillaume Ubesh. So there were hundreds of people posting. The hashtag actually on LinkedIn was uh, shadow ban. So if you type Frigio Mubesh in one of your posts, your post will get like zero reach. It's, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, they, I think I kind of like pissed them off a lot. And, uh, and down the road, I just said, okay, I'm going to create a, a profile. And some people who are like quite uh, at high level at, uh, at LinkedIn said that uh, I could not come back under my real name, Guillaume Mubesh. So now, because everyone is calling me G from three years, yeah. uh, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be called G and that's fine. And so I, I came back and, uh, and here I am like a Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So I, I lo love that. Love that. And um, uh, so, so now like back to, you know, what, what we, we want to chat about, you know, and how you, you've helped uh, grow Lemonist to 10 million uh, ARR in, you know, roughly sort of like three and a half years. Um, and we want to kind of dive into, you know, five key things uh, that you've done. So what was the, what was the first thing uh, that you did and what was the impact, you know, of that? Yeah. So I think like um, when we started Lemlist, so we have, we have done it without any fundings and we started the company with $1,000, which means that Vianney, Francois and me, my two co-founders, we put $333. And because we didn't have any money, I was like, okay, what is the most creative thing that we can do? to really like drive growth. So I focused on community. So from day one, I built a community around sales automation and sales prospecting called Lemlist Family. And because, you know, I had done so many prospecting for many different clients, et cetera. At first, I was really focusing on how exactly can I provide value to people so they become better at prospecting and hence, you know, like uh, start getting more replies to their cold emails or their sales prospecting and get more clients because obviously if your product or service or the tips you give to people allow them to get customers, they're gonna stick with you, you know, or they will recommend you. So that was like my only focus, create that community. So for the first six months, even though I couldn't see any results, I was solely focusing on trying to bring value to people, help them in the community, uh, give them, you know, tips, actionable things, doing only the things that don't scale. Like literally. And what was that? What was that impact? Uh, so for I would say that uh, for the first six months, it was mainly me posting. And later down the road, I started seeing people, you know, like answering questions between each other, helping them out, etc. And we started seeing more and more people inviting their friends to the community. So the, the biggest impact was word of mouth. So people talking about Lemlist, talking about the things we were doing. And on our end, it was really good because we had this kind of uh, family vibe in what we created, where when we were like uh, doing something wrong in the product, 
people will really like yell at us. Uh, we even had uh, people saying that uh, we were fucking morons for changing <laughs> the UX at some point. And, yeah. But you know, it, it was very, very intense, but I kind of like it because, you know, it's like, if people are hating about your product or really yeah. loving your product, it means that you are doing something good. So we went to talk to the haters, we started to understand why, and we really focused on their pain and needs to really like apply it in the product. So the, I would say that the, the key components of this was being able to improve the product, reduce the support load, because when you have a community, people will ask their question to the community because they can get additional advice, et cetera, and also drive growth through word of mouth. What was the second thing uh, that you've got on your list in terms of the, the key decisions to get to 10 million ARR? I would say that was to, you know, like follow kind of like um, our value in a sense where we've always been super, super transparent. And, uh, and to be transparent in sales prospecting, you need to kind of showcase what's working. If you look at sales prospecting back in 2018, if you would have asked someone from a company to give you their sales prospecting template or cold email template, they would have said, hell no, you know, it's my secret sauce. I don't want to share it. And even within the same company, you see sales rep hiding their templates because it's kind of like their hedge or whatever. So I was like, okay, fine. I've done it so many times for so many clients that I'm going to keep running campaigns. And every single week, so I was running campaigns, testing so many different things. And on the campaigns that were working fine, I would detail exactly why it would work, showcase the template and put it live to everyone. So everyone was like, I mean, yeah, it's using this tool is uh, really like showcasing something real and we can see the results and I, and I understand why it's working. So step-by-step step, after doing that for like, uh, I think 18 weeks in a row, I started to create kind of this movement of people being more willing to share their own templates. And I started to create the LEM Lister of the week, which is every single week we take one of our users and we showcase his campaigns with the results, the amount of uh, replies he's getting, the exact template he used, uh, the target he had, etc., just to show how to become like more successful. And with that, doing that, you know, like consistently every week, we have created the biggest hub with cold email template that you can go check out, etc. And people actually apply now to share their own templates. So we kind of entirely switch the market of having people, you know, to kind of keep everything from themselves. We went to, if you're part of the Lemnis family, everyone wants to help each other. We all going to become successful. And here is why. And then we share the tips and tactics, etc. And doing this was, uh, was really because we were focusing on this one thing, which is how can our users become more successful? What is it? Do, are you, do you use a tool uh, for all the, the Lemnis community to kind of share their resources and communicate with them? What are, what, what are you using? So far, we've been doing this on, uh, on Facebook okay. uh, because the truth is like, I always ask myself, and this is still like a recurring question because now we have like, uh, I think more than 16,000 uh, people on the community. So it's, it's getting like uh, quite, yeah. quite big. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, is Facebook the best media, the best tool, the best way of communication? We still see a lot of engagement. So every time we post, we have uh, we cover around like ten thousands of people, etc. So it's it's really huge, but it's uh, it's always a question because I see more and more, you know, like uh, SaaS that are creating this type of community on uh, like Circus, for example, is uh, is doing also yeah. a great job. So yeah, 
Cool. What about what about the third thing uh, that you've done uh, that was a key decision to, to get into 10 million ARR? I feel like, um, you know, we are super focused on SMB startup scale-ups. And the truth is we've documented everything from day one. So how did exactly we get our first 10 customers? How we grew to uh, 250K in ARR? How exactly we reached 1 million? Etc. Etc. And by doing so, we kind of started creating this movement of even when we were super small, we were documenting everything. But people felt like, yeah, I'm part of the adventure. I'm part of the journey. It's not just you know like uh, another SaaS company where I don't see the founders, I don't see who they are, I don't see what they are doing, etc. It's really like transparent. It's really like uh, they started to see you know like uh, our team, how our team was growing, uh, the team building we were organizing. We've been like fully transparent on that. And I feel like uh, it was really amazing in terms of community creation, because um, it's, it's a bit the same, you know, like, uh, you know, like Marco Polo. Marco Polo, everyone is saying that is, everyone knows him because they say that is the famous explorer that uh, actually discovered uh, the Silk Road. The truth is was not an explorer, you know, it was, uh, it was just a merchant, like every Venetian at that time, but the guy, documented everything and because he documented it everyone remembers him and see him you know as the crazy explorer and that's the same thing i feel like for everyone launching their SaaS or like any company they should document it they should document the growth they should document the step by step because when you're a bootstrap company you don't have uh, every month or every three months a board where you have to go through and do like kind of post-mortem of all the things that work all the things that didn't work so by documenting it, you're creating your own board. You know, it's like, okay, what have I done to reach this milestone? And then you look at what you've done and sometimes you're like, damn, I'm a fucking idiot. You know, like there are things that, why did I do all these things? And sometimes you're like, oh, actually this was smart. Maybe I should reproduce this and level up on certain skills. And by doing this, I felt like it was helping me on a personal level to get a better vision and have more clarity. And also help our customers follow, you know, like our journey and try to understand all the steps and the struggles we were going through also. So, and, and this just to clarify, and so in terms of when we talk about uh, documenting everything, this is not uh, documenting like in internal processes um, and, and operations, but like documenting it as in like we're, we're creating content, we're sharing with the world, with the, with the community, with the audience, you know, how we've done this and written some content, created a video, you know, podcast or whatever, that sort of thing. Absolutely. So what I would do is write like a very long articles that would be shared like thousands of times uh, of, you know, like, uh, for example, like, I don't know, like uh, six things we shouldn't have done, but that we did that made us successful to reach 6 million in ARR. And then I list them. I also list, you know, our fails. I list the things that we should have done differently. I post on LinkedIn. I have a YouTube channel where I create videos and discuss about like uh, topics around bootstrapping, growth, etc. So it's it's really about all my struggles or all the learnings that I have. I try to share them and I link this to the company growth. So you have the story of the company mm -hmm. and people really love stories. And at the same time, you have the value because you face a challenge, you solve it or not, and you share it with the audience. Awesome. And thanks for clarifying that. Uh, what, what about uh, like the key decision number four? What was that? 
that's something I would call the, the gross circle of love. <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> I'm French, so yeah. pardon me. <laughs> no, but essentially it's, uh, it's really about focusing, you know, on the, on the happiness and the satisfaction of your customers. So a lot of SaaS founders never use their SaaS. Like they build it and then they grow the team and then it becomes, I have a big vision, but they never look into it. What I did is as day one, I was using Blamelist, doing my sales prospecting. During the sales prospecting, I would book demos with people, do discovery calls where I would ask them, what are their pains? You know, like really trying to dig in into the pains, what are the struggles? From that, I would list a set of topics that people are struggling with. I would write content about it, share this content in the community, and also share it to the people I had met during these uh, interviews, try to find solutions, you know, like uh, through me documenting the process of, of using Lemlist, and again, reaching out to more people using my own product, and then come back, you know, to uh, bringing more value, making people more successful, sometimes, you know, doing this uh, one-on-one -on -one coaching where I would go through and uh, try to study the pain of people and find solution for them. And by doing this, you're just focusing on this one thing, which is uh, value and, you know, loving your customers. And the more you love your customers and you care about them, the more they're going to talk about it. And, you know, like, um, it's, it's funny, I think, because a lot of people think that because you are doing things digitally, that you should forget about the common sense of building a business. Like, if I take two restaurants near uh, my house, there is one where the food is like delicious, but the guy, like uh, the main kind of waiter is really like the, the worst arsehole like uh, you've ever seen, you know? So when you go there, even if the food is delicious, you feel kind of bad because he's trash talking to the waiters, is like, uh, there is kind of a bad vibe. On the other hand, there is this restaurant where the food is okay, good, but the guy, you know, you went there once, you would come back and say, hey, Alex, what's up? Like, uh, nice to see you, man. Like, it's really good. And you have this good vibe that when you enter the restaurant, it feels already great. And I feel like for SaaS, it's exactly the same. You know, if you create this sense of community care and kind of like love for your users, people will talk more about it. People will come back. And then, you know, like you just have to keep focusing on the same thing because this is a never end. Why, the, why the, do I call it, you know, like a gross circle of love? It's because it never ends. You can break it at any time. If sometimes, you know, like uh, you become big headed and you think like, yeah, I know better than my customers, then, you know, it's going to break and your company will break as well. And, and that's why it's a circle and you need to continue do this, uh, this effort. A good example I can give you is like, um, recently I launched like a, a masterclass about cold email and, uh, to launch it, I decided to offer 100 free coaching. So I spent 50 hours with people from our community who took the masterclass to help them in their campaign. If you look around you, and I know you know like a, a lot of uh, SaaS founder, do you know a lot of SaaS founder at 10 million in ARR that would spend 50 hours with their clients helping them you know, to build campaigns? Sometimes you know, it's, it's just these little things that are to me kind of commencement that can really help you grow. Awesome, awesome. And, and also to clarify, I don't work at that second restaurant um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but I was a waiter when I, when I was at university, uh, but yeah, I know, I know what um, good thing. And uh, the fifth and final, like key, uh, you know, decision that that's, you know, uh, really kind of helped you get to 10 million, you know, what was that? 
I feel it's really because we overall, we did things differently. You know, when you grow your startup, you're going to meet with a lot of people who would give you advice. For example, everyone told me you shouldn't hire a videographer as uh, your or your second employee, for example. I knew I wanted to create a lot of content. I knew video was good and I knew it was helpful, but everyone was telling me not to do it because it's not smart. Hire a developer, hire a data scientist. Hire... In the end, it's your company, you know, it's, and, and it's exactly the same. You know, people were telling me when we crossed 1 million in AR, now you need to really hire highly skilled people, you know, people who've done it in the past, people who have a track record. The truth is I'm a fucking chemical engineer initially, you know, it's like I learned everything. Like three and a half years ago, I didn't know anything about SaaS. I just learned. So sometimes, you know, it's important to me, like, you know, people don't like of experience or don't like of data or don't like of all these things. They lack of guts. Sometimes it's important to just follow your guts. For me, I knew that I had learned all these things. I knew I could teach people how to do these things. So all the person I hired after 1 million in ARR were actually people who had really very few experience, even like no prior experience at all in SaaS, to be honest. And all these things, it's really important as an entrepreneur to understand that it's your company. There is no like status quo or things that should be done in a normal way. Do your own things, but things that it's, if everyone is doing it, it's probably the wrong thing. <laughs> great advice and a, a great way to, to end uh, sort of this podcast, uh, or G, I'll, I'll say, in case anybody from LinkedIn is uh, <laughs> um, but, um But yeah, thank you so much for sharing these, uh, you know, five steps. I mean, uh, fantastic to see that you'll soon be crossing 10 million uh, ARR. Um, we'll certainly look to uh, to celebrate next time Sastock is in Paris or, or when uh, you know we've got the conference back in uh, in Dublin. Where can people find you online? Where is the the, the Lem list uh, group, the, the Lem family, and uh, and so on? Uh, if people yes. want to join in, inquisitive. <laughs> so Facebook people can go on Lem list family. Uh, so it's a big group, and then like uh, if people want to find me. They can find me on LinkedIn. So it's uh, G and dot. And then uh, Twitter, Guillaume Moubesh or Instagram, Guillaume Moubesh. I also post like uh, behind the scenes and, and everything. Fantastic. Good stuff. And are you like when you hit 10 million and when, when you see that on whatever like uh, uh, platform that you're using, um, what are you going to do? Is it just like come back in another day at work? You know, we, we now need to go to 20 or, or 100. <laughs> or is there going to be some sort of, celebration or champagne popping in the, uh, in the office? <laughs> I, I hope we're going to celebrate. Not, I don't feel we will celebrate in the office because not everyone is there, but uh, we're doing our team building in Turkey in, uh, in October. So we're yes. bringing everyone there where we will celebrate. And, um, and after that, yeah, we want to build like a, a unicorn in the next uh, four years. It would be dope, you know, to go from uh, $1,000 to a, a $1 billion valuation. And, uh, and that's kind of like uh, the goal. I'm also writing a book uh, that will be published, I feel, by the end of the year about, you know, how we managed to do an exit, grow the, the company to 10 million, et cetera. So it's, uh, yeah, some exciting stuff uh, coming soon. <laughs> Amazing. Good stuff. Well, thanks so much for taking out the time, uh, speaking to the SaaS audience on the SaaS Revolution show. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, great seeing you. And uh, yeah, uh, like all the best and congrats again on uh, uh, getting to 10 million ARR. Thanks a lot, Alex. It was lovely.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SaaS Doc conferences around the world.